I'm here with Kurt Bell, and Kurt Bell has a YouTube channel, and a book, and a website, but I'll let him introduce himself. So, Kurt, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell the audience uh, who you are and what you do. Hi, Shay. Welcome. Yeah, my name's Kurt, as you said. Um, I'm uh, currently of uh, Irvine, California, formerly of uh, Shizuoka, Japan. So I used to be a part of the uh, what was called the JVlog community back in the day. It was a uh, loose collection of uh, Japan-based uh, YouTube content creators. Um, back in those days, it was more than just YouTube. It was really a, more of a, a community. We were interacting a lot in various different uh, social media platforms. And we did a lot of interaction. And it had a very different feel to it. It kind of felt like a small little, a little club in a way. And then we had lots of people that participated. Um, either in Japan or especially uh, outside of Japan that were a part of that community and we would have annual meetups and the like uh, some names you might be familiar with uh, give me a, a flake man uh, Victor Victor there was Hiko uh, there's Molly a number of different people and uh, that was a part of my life for a long time and um, I kind of became uh, a part of that community and as a result I, I my channel, my YouTube channel, um, got some minor popularity with people that were curious about Japan, and uh, in particular people that were uh, curious about the countryside in Japan, the wilderness. I spent a lot of time exploring and wandering around in the mountains and, and uh, along the seashore of Japan. Uh, in that process, I spawned a lot of different YouTube channels. I can't even remember all the names anymore, um, and I, I, I can't even find videos anymore. I don't even remember which channel they're on. They're all lost, but over 6,000 total. I remember I counted them up at one time, so there's a lot of videos out there. Uh, I, I am a married man. I've been married to uh, the same woman. I've been with her for 30 years now. I'm married at 25. Uh, we've got a yeah, we've got a near, near, nearly grown daughter. Our daughter Emily is going to be 18 uh, next month. And uh, so I guess I'll need to. That means I'll need. To, I won't need to sign those permission slips anymore that she sends home from school right. to be able to do it. Do it herself. Yeah. Um, she goes to school here in Irvine. She'll be graduating uh, in the spring and starting her next phase of her life. Really, our story is Emily's story because uh, in the last, uh, uh, well, basically since the year 2000 or so, we basically had schemed to. We, Emily was born here to take our lives from, my wife's Japanese, so to take our lives from America to Japan to raise our daughter through her small years in Japan to give her the Japanese side of her of herself and then when she uh, entered high school uh, we wanted to bring her back and make an American out of her like we said. My, my personal ambition in all of that was to raise a child that had uh, uh, a Japanese heart and an American spirit and uh, to that end uh, we're almost finished with that project so that brings me to to what's next. Uh, I'm here in America now. I'm no longer part of the JVlog community. I, I really, I don't even, I don't really have any. Japan feels like a, a memory of, of a really good book that I read, and uh, I, it's, it's it's something I reflect on. I look back on, but now my life is in a new a new book, and uh, so my wife and I are now beginning the next stage of, of creating a new life for ourselves. Post, uh, post raising a kid, and Emily goes off to start her own life. 
uh, we're planning for the next, uh, hopefully if we're lucky, we've got another maybe two decades left before our health and our, uh, our mental faculties and uh, the life begin to falter. So I want to make the best of it. So I'm kind of this podcast with you, Shay, today is kind of a, uh, I've been basically undercover for, not undercover, but I've dropped off of the community scene for a couple of years, for several, quite a few years. So this is kind of a big step for me because uh, I basically have not been doing anything with anybody online for all that time. And it hasn't been because I haven't wanted to, it's just because my life and attention have been focused elsewhere. So hopefully you can help me to, uh, to uh, emerge from my little cocoon. Well, well, great. Well, I'm 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 happy that uh, that I can have that opportunity with you. So, um, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, there. There's so much to actually unpack from that. Um, first off, you you have actually been quite a big influence on on me in terms of um, my life here in Japan. So uh, early on, I I, I never really watched a lot of Japanese YouTubers um, when I first moved here or even before I moved to Japan which has been about uh, actually it's I just passed the 10 year mark uh, last month so congratulations two, yeah two months ago um, wow yeah yeah it's it's crazy how time flies that fast but um, it wasn't until after I had moved here uh, like I had moved here and then I worked for a little bit I moved back to America for a year and then I came back to Japan and mm -hmm. it wasn't until then that I actually found out about this whole community on YouTube and you're the one that out of all of them that spoke spoke to me the most because uh, I started just uh, before I even saw your channel I, I started hiking with some co-workers um, I climbed uh, my very first Japanese mountain I climbed was uh, Shibutsu in Gunma Prefecture. Like uh, it's like the border of uh, Gunma, Fukushima, and Tochigi, where I live in Tochigi. And um, I caught the bug. I caught the hiking bug from there. <laughs> and since then, I've I've just been going anywhere I can, you know. And then I found wow. your channel where you just had, you know, as you said, you you have like six thousand videos. I, I you have just countless <laughs> amounts of hiking videos out there, and and that drew me into it but then you're you're sort of like a, a philosopher in a way um, I mean I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say that uh, you rank up there with uh, Socrates or anyone but <laughs> uh, <laughs> not think anybody does right right but I mean you're you're bringing a different aspect to it when you're out on those uh, walk and talks is, is kind of how I, I saw it yeah. and um, not only can you show the, the beautiful nature that Japan has but for me, like a lot of the stuff that you talked about spoke to me because I either, um, for the most part, it's, it's things I already kind of believed in myself, but it was just someone speaking truth to what I already knew. And I was like, there, there are other people out there like me that, that, that think in similar ways, you know? It's interesting how the wilderness does that. It has a way of distilling out the nonsense um, and and rarefying the thinking to the point that you're speaking stuff that you probably wouldn't say in the company of others. But the funny thing is, when you've got the camera on and you're out in the middle of the wilderness, you are in fact with those people. So it's like having a unique environment where you can you can say things that you might not say otherwise that touch that may touch base with somebody else. But when you come back to society, you probably never would have said those things. That's yeah, that, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> 
um, you're right. It's it's sort of like a uh, a, a very conscious, very self aware meditation when you're, yeah. when you're when you're hiking. You know, because yeah. you, you have to be hyper aware of your surroundings so you don't trip or you don't run into anything that could endanger you. But at the same time, you have a lot of time to self reflect. And you know what else, Shay? What's important in that? And th this is, might be getting ahead of myself, but but you need to be alone for that. Yeah. I yeah. I find that it, I find that in the company of others, it's, you might as well be dragging the whole city along with you because the whole architecture, the whole infrastructure of the mind that that basically that distracts us from those from for lack of a better term, deeper thoughts, tends to tends to follow us out there. If we go alone, then it kind of strips away, and you're left with yourself. And uh, if, uh, it's kind of spooky, um, and, the, and and sometimes that talk, those talking talks I would have with myself in the mountains of Japan, were a way to dispel the fear that would rise in myself. And uh, I even surprised myself by the things that I said when I was trying to make the fear go away. <laughs> right, right. You're, you're you're so right on that. Um, most of the hikes that I've been on have been alone, but there there have been a few that I've I've taken with other people. And you're right. Um, it's a very different. It's very different when you're at it alone. Because you're you're just faced with nature and yourself, and you know it's interesting, Shay, because with that. it is, and you're 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 right, and um, and it's not to disparage hiking with others or socializing or things like that, because that's a very pleasant thing in its own right. It's like having it's like having a fine dinner in a, you know a particular type of restaurant versus uh, maybe having a, a nice meal at home alone with yourself or whatever the case may be. They're two different types of things, but um. But I find that there, there's some people that aren't interested in that. They would rather just have the company. I, I get some email from some people back in, I remember back in Japan, that would write and say, why don't you just want to share this with others? And that's true. There is a beautiful thing about that, but there's also something to be said for, for facing it on your own and uncovering sides of yourself that you may not know were there and sometimes that you may not want to know were there. Right. But in the end, it's a good thing to find out. No, I mean... To me, that's been the best part of it is is just reflecting on things that have been on my mind and mm. meeting those challenges um, that that I've had to face. You know, because um, wow. I mean, just just a personal opinion of mine is um, conquering my own challenges and fears has been not only the most challenging aspect. You know, as opposed to challenge uh, facing external fears that I've had, but it's also been the most rewarding. So uh, those type of even small hikes, like I'll just take like a, you know, even if it's like a two or three hour hike, just a short distance away. Those days, I I, I still remember each one each hike that I've been on, even if it's been just a close hike. You know. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Hey. I've got to ask you. So yeah. out there in the mountains, have you run into any giant hornets? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Tell me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have a very famous video on YouTube um, about the Suzume Bachi and uh, oh, the one, the one on the finger. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it, I actually have a really funny uh, story. Uh, a few years ago, I used to work at a, a Japanese kindergarten, and we had the playground of the school was this. Like mini forest that they had, they even called it the Shizunomori. So it was just like the, it, it was actually really cool. I, if I if I was a little kid, I would have loved to have had a playground that was just a forest, you know. But being being that they had, it could be dangerous. Yeah, they had problems with these hornets uh, every yeah. summer, and uh, I remember arriving to work one morning, 
as before I even had my car is when I still rode my bike everywhere and um, I haven't I was parking my bike along along the side of the school and another one of my coworkers was was crouching down near the fence and I was just like hey what's up and he's like check this out and there was yeah and as you know the the praying mantises in Japan are quite large like mm-hmm. com- at least comparative t- to the ones in Texas they're they're much bigger I, I mm. noticed and anyway there was a, a praying mantis and a Suzume bachi and they were fighting they they were having a duel and I I literally watched the Suzume bachi rip the praying mantis in half and then fly off with half of it and it was, wow. since then I was like okay these things are they they mean business you know do your viewers know what a Suzumebachi, what a giant hornet is, in terms of like how big they are compared to normal hornets? I, I've never actually discussed these things. Uh, I may have brought the name up in a previous video, but I've never actually discussed what they are. Um, if anyone is curious, I encourage them to check out your video because you, you show them to scale of exactly how big these things are. And they're um, just imagine just, a hornet on steroids is basically yeah. what they are, right? Just, just to let them know, it is the world's largest hornet. Now, there are close contenders. There are second and third largest hornets that are close in size, but this is the biggest hornet in the world and perhaps one of the most aggressive and quite deadly in terms of their their venom and also their swarm their swarm tendency to release pheromones when they're disturbed and to come after people in mass. And they are the number one killer of uh, people in Japan uh, besides snakes and bears and anything else. Um, so they're quite they're quite a, a, a threat when you're hiking. So Shay, going out into the alone alone in the wilderness like that, it's quite it's quite a dangerous thing. So you of course know how to avoid them, know to avoid you know dead trees and right. things like that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, su- Suzume Bachi are the the one thing I've noticed that they don't put the warning signs up. They they warn you of bears. They warn and you boar. of of wild boars. The Inoshishi, yep. but yep. they never mention like you know the. The hornets that might be out there, and those yeah. are quite dangerous. Have you had any close calls? I don't mean. I'm sorry to make this the hornet podcast, but <laughs> have you had any close calls? No, actually, I, I've been quite lucky. Um, I've never been stung by anything in Japan. I've I've been stung plenty of times back home in Texas by yellow jackets and, and oh, bees yeah. and, and whatnot. But yeah, I, I've I've been lucky here because I've certainly seen them up close, but I've never had. Um, a, a negative encounter with these things. So well, be be safe out there. Be careful. I, I will. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, every every summer I, I think about that. I'm I'm walking out there and I'm I'm thinking, okay, I might see a bear. I might see a wild boar. I might see some some hornets. Um, this is this is the worst time of the year right now. Are we just ending the worst time? Uh, late uh, late September, early October, mid October, because these, the queens are dying, the the the, the, hot, the nests are dying out, and they're in hyper aggressive right now. So they be really careful in late in late fall, early winter. That that's good to know. I I actually did not know that. So that's uh, I I always thought their their height was probably uh, midsummer, but you. Towards, yeah, the end, towards the end of the summer, then you're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why well, don't wear black? <laughs> they don't like that. Okay. Oh, that that's another <laughs> new information. So, uh, I'll wear uh, lighter colors. Um, and actually, probably lighter colors are probably best when hiking out in the forest because you're very visible, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I remember one, but the, probably the scariest moment that I can remember in Japan. And actually, this is recorded on video. I do have it on video. Was um. 
uh, hiking up a trail and coming face to face with a ba baby wild boar and right standing right in front of me and of course you know where where baby is mother can't be far right, right. And, and, and mothers I, will defend that baby yes very and then and, and only a few months before that, uh, three men had encountered a wild boar in that same area, and it had attacked them and killed one of them, gored one man to death, and really? seriously injured the other. I turned around, and I ran like you couldn't believe down that trail, and then I ran off the trail right into a Suzumebachi nest. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but but I, fortunately, I had stopped just before that, so yeah. I had stopped, and I, I hunkered down because I heard honeybees. And what was happening, this, this story just gets more amazing, yeah. because I had, I had heard honeybees, because I stopped, and there was a honeybee hive, and I stopped, and I was looking around, and the honeybee hive was in the process of being attacked by Suzumebachi. You know how they do that? Yeah, yeah. They... The Suzumebachi will come in, swarm the honeybees, dispatch, kill all the honeybees, and then take away the larvae to eat. So it was a threesome. It was a wild boar encounter, a, hun a honeybee encounter, and a suzumibachi attacking honeybees encounter. And it's all on video somewhere out there. I got one of those videos. I had I had the camera running when it happened. Wow. Well, yeah, I actually have not seen that. So I'm I'm gonna try and search the uh, the archives for that one. So good luck. It's probably on the Real Japan Monsters channel, if anything. About, yeah, I can't yeah, remember. I, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, you have. How many channels do you actually have? Tried, the last time I tried to count, there were twenty. Twenty channels. Yeah. Hey, and I, you know, and I thought, give me a flake man had uh, had a lot of channels with with his. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he has a lot too. Yeah, yeah. And wow, so that that's that's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, you you have just a treasure trove of just interesting encounters with nature out there, on top of like the philosophy focused channels as well, right? Yeah, there's one channel that uh, has that kind of, I don't know how I'd call it, if, I, if I'd be so complimentary as to call it philosophy, maybe Mad Mountain Musings. <laughs> um, but um, I, after a while, because I was, I was doing that on the Softy Papa channel, which is the main hiking channel, and I found that I was doing these long rambles about life, the universe, and everything, and I was realizing, this is kind of weird. People aren't signing up for this. They want to see the mountains and the rivers and the waterfalls, right? So I created another channel called Lyle's Brother where I began to take those videos and segregate them away. So all of those kind of musing videos are tend to be on the Lyles Brother channel, which I look back and I kind of I kind of think of that man that did those videos as as kind of a, a kind of quaint, you know, because mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like I I've I've moved on from that part of life and uh, and there was a, there was a, there was a kind of an optimism and a buoyancy to those videos that I wouldn't say has has disappeared but it has been tempered by what I found here in, in back in America. What I found out in the desert has shaken me deeply and uh, and uh, changed me greatly. And I look back in Japan almost like a very, a, a, like I don't want to say immature, but um, it was like a calm before the storm period it, of my life. That's that's very interesting that you say that because um, it, it's, it's always been interesting to me that you, you transitioned from, you know, hiking in the Japanese wilderness to just going out into the desert and uh, you know as I'd mentioned a little bit before uh, we started the podcast that I, I took that road trip to the southwest uh, US about 10 years uh, 12 years ago now and ever since then I've I've loved that area of the US uh, I've, I've always tell myself if I ever do move back to the US it's the American Southwest that I'll want to live in because to me 
um, it just speaks speaks to me, speaks to my heart out there. You know, wow. I, I've been there wow. a few times, and it's uh, it's it's. Mm-hmm. You know, I went there last year. I went to Colorado last year just by myself for eleven days, and I explored the entire state just hiking around, and it was it was great. Wonderful. Yeah, there is something there is something out there that is magical and and also terrifying at the same time at a le- at a level that Japan couldn't even approach. You're right. Uh, Japan has its own beauty and magic to it. You know, it's it's very 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 different than than the desert. But it is. Uh, you know, the way I think yeah. about it, it it's funny because you, you you can't really it's I think it's wrong to anthropomorphize nature with the culture in which the humans are living there because as you know in Japan humans are even though there's a lot of them there they there's they're they're clustered in just small regions I mean like 10% of the landmass 90% of Japan is practically deserted wilderness right um, but there's the mountains of Japan have taken on the temperament in my mind at least of the Japanese people themselves they are very tame and disciplined, even though they're beautiful and rugged and dangerous, they're very tame and disciplined and civilized compared compared to the desert of the southwest, which is which is raw and empty and and forgotten and quite intimidating and fearful in, in a ways that the, the Japanese I never I was never terrified in Japan. I am legitimately terrified in, in, the, in, the, in the desert. That's both terrifying and comforting at the same time to know that. Yeah. You know? Because... <laughs> I, I, have, I have literally run to get, away, to get away from the desert from what I find out there. Literally physically ran back, hopped on the motorcycle, gathered my gear, and got the hell out of there. That's very interesting. And you've, you've documented some of that on your, on your channel recently. Or is it at least since you've been back, right? Not really. Um, not 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 that part. I talk about it in my book, but I don't talk about it. And it's not anything supernatural. There's nothing out there that that you know. I'm not running from ghosts or monsters or anything like that. It's something that I call the great indifference, which I talk about in my book, mm-hmm. and which is the the emptiness of the universe that is not apparent in Japan. In Japan, it's the, the, the very fecundity of nature, the, the, the water, the greenery, the cicadas, all the animals, the comfort of the Japanese people masks all that. But in the desert, in the deep desert, when you're one or two days out from civilization all alone, without any roads or maps or trails or anything out there, you, can, you encounter an emptiness out there that if you're not ready for it, um, will scare the crap out of you. Yeah. And it does, and it scared the crap out of me many times. And I, it takes—I have to work up the resolve and the courage to go back every time. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, e- even when I went to Colorado, I, I was still in—I guess technically a um, a national park—but I went so far off the trail that I had—I had two. I had about four liters of water that I blew through, and I was. I was out there and I ran out ran out of water and I just realized once I ran out of water I'm not even near the goal that I set for myself and I'm still hours away from where I started what should I do should I go back or should I just keep going and that's that's a, a an issue I had to debate with myself whether it was safe or not to continue you know and it's a uh, it, it was quite frightening, but I can't imagine doing days worth of travel like that. You know, and it's not—it's not a function of of 
fear for one's life. It's not a it's not a factor of thinking that I'm I'm so far away from safety. It's and this is where it gets kind of weird. Mm. It's kind of and if, if it can bring back that that word philosophy, it's kind of a, it's almost a, an an The better word is existential. It's almost an existential dilemma of of realizing just how empty the universe is right. and how the only caring, the only love, the only support and comfort that we're going to find is from one another hmm. and that the universe just doesn't give a damn and uh, that's that that is the terror that, that is the terror of, of recognizing that's why I call it the great indifference it's the great indifference of the universe to whether I survive or, wh or whether any of us do whether this planet goes on that that's why I get a, I race back hop on my motorcycle ride 200 miles back home throw open the door run inside and hug my wife and daughter and say I love you because I realize the only love I'm ever gonna get is from the, my own species my own kind, my own family. There's none of it out there in the desert. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I'm sure your wife and daughter are so happy that you go out on these little adventures, you know. <laughs> that's a funny thing. That, that, that's, actually, that's actually been a consistent theme. Um, it was, it's interesting. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm misreading uh, the, this, the, the sentiment. Because mm. I, think, I think there's two ways that, that can go. The, the one, and, and forgive me if I belabor this point too much, the one is over the years, all these years I've been making these videos. The one constant theme I get is, "What about your family?" Because it right. seems like it seems like I'm neglecting them as I go off into the wilderness. But the reality, which is the sentiment I think you were you were alluding to, is that it makes. I go out every two weeks for one overnight. That's my schedule. I've been doing that for a decade or more. Um, when I come back so in, enraptured and enamored of my family that they almost get sick of it because I, 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 it changes me. Whereas I, I might be at risk of taking them for some degree for granted if I didn't go to the desert. If I, don't, if I go to the desert, there's no chance of that. So yeah, I guess they do appreciate it. I, I, you know, I, I understand. These, these little trips you take out there makes you appreciate what you have yeah. when you come back. You're, you're right. And... I, to me, I, I need that. I need to get away every once in a while, or else I start to, I don't know, it, it, like things become, I become complacent, and when I become complacent, that's when everything else starts to unravel, and when I take these times out, this time out, just to be by myself out there, it, 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 brings me back to what I know is what's important and, and uh, what I appreciate in life, you know? The, the writer Nathaniel Hawthorne, who, who you know, was a uh, uh, early early 19th century American uh, dark romance writer, he wrote, you know, for, of course, The House of Seven Gables, Scarlet Letter, he spoke of this in The, in the House of Seven Gables. He talked about, he talked about the, need, the need of the poet upon upon their flights in, into into wherever the poet goes to want to come that come back and to not alight upon a lonely world but to have a companion and it's interesting because he even observed he said that that companion doesn't necessarily need to share that poet's mind yeah, or to have that interest even he said even even he said just just to have someone to come back and and and, and to be with 
And what he was trying to describe was this strange way that sometimes the poet seems to match themselves up with the the domestic in a way, for lack of a better term, because they they seem to offer each other kind of a complimentary thing, and and the 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 domestic helps the poet to have a home, and the poet helps the domestic to to reach reach heights that they might not otherwise find on their own. Right, right. It's it's very complimentary, and yeah, and that's that's why. I, I I like to study and, and mix different uh, take take what I can from different philosophies, uh, both Western and Eastern, and, and sort of uh, what what I feel best fits my own thinking originally. And uh, a lot of um, Chinese Taoism kind of fits that. You know, it's that balance of you know, the black and white, the yin and yang. You know, like you can't have one extreme without the other, sort of thing. And uh, I, I've I've found that especially going out in on these hikes that you know the the contrast of nature and being back in in the civilized world uh, you know and as you said like uh, even if the person or the thing you come back to has a different way of thinking than you do it's it's there for you you know it's it, it very it complements you know uh, it complements you. Yeah, it's very. That's exactly right, and it's a strange. I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable talking about this subject because a little bit because it makes it sounds like I'm saying that there's the there's the, there's the lofty poet and the and and the and the and the, and the lowly domestic, and I don't mean it that way. I just I just I'm just I'm just kind of illustrating what I found from my own marriage, which is reinforced in in my readings of others that in my own marriage, I'm I'm married to a woman. Who is not interested in any of these things? Yet she is a very intelligent, profoundly deep, deep, deep thinker. But she's not interested in any of these. But, but I give her the the vicarious experience of, and 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 the uh, stimulation and the in, the enthusiasm when I come back from my adventures that she wouldn't be able to get on her own because she's not interested in that. But she enjoys it in a way. And she provides for me the domestic warmth and comfort of a home and a family that I would, my life would frankly be less, far less without. And you know how it's hard to talk about this without, without almost applying some values to it? And I don't mean to do that. I just mean to say that we found each other and it works really well. So in terms of my coming back to the adventures, she really does appreciate that. Yeah. Although she tells, although she tells me sometimes that she likes it when I'm gone because then she can lay up and because I go to bed early, she can lay up in the bed late and, st- and read her books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. Hey, it's uh, it's both beneficial for her uh, to have her time as well, and then when you're back, she she appreciates that yeah. you're back as well. You know, so it, it works on both ends, and. Now, just uh, to give a little bit of history, has before you moved back to America this this last time, you had lived in America before with your wife. Is that correct? That's right. So Yumiko and I have been together for thirty years, like I said before, and fifteen of those years have been spent here in America, and fifteen of those years were spent in Japan. Okay. So, so we met in college in nineteen eighty seven here in California. And uh, we, she's she spent 15 years living here in California. Okay, okay. So she's very well um, adjust adjusted to living in in America or a foreign country as opposed to never having left Japan. And oh then, yeah, and then moving there. She's she's as home here as anybody else. She's certainly not American. 
right. she's, cer she's certainly 100% Japanese, but her English is perfect, and her understanding of our culture is pro is profound and deep. Um, I and, and I know I'm diverging just a little bit, but I do want to compliment my wife. She is the wisest person I've ever known. She is my sage. She is profound and very very deep. Um, so contrast that with the domestic thing I just said, and try to try to try to balance those. It's it's, it's an amazing thing that she is. So she has figured out America, and she is very comfortable here. And frankly, she wants to stay. So we talk about we're ten years out from retirement. We're we're going to be retiring in um, on uh, December nineteenth, uh, exactly ten years from now. Okay. Um, and uh, we we were talking about where we're going to go, and I'm telling her sometimes, hey, maybe let's go back to Japan. She's like, yeah, yeah I want to stay here. So <laughs> she likes it here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I. You, it's funny you say 10 years. I, I've been in Japan for 10 years, and I wouldn't not be here if I didn't love this country, but I almost feel as that I need to, you know, to me, Japan is just as familiar almost as, as living in America now, and it's it's almost as if I need to explore somewhere else. Um, I, I don't plan on leaving Japan anytime soon, but I, I do have that that urge, that itch to, to explore completely new places that I did 10 years ago when I came here, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. You're one of, you're, I, I recognize you. I'm part of your tribe. I mean, <laughs> there, there are those of us, I, I, I want to live, I want my book, I want my life to be a book with many chapters yeah. and, and many episodes. And I'm the type of person, and my wife is the type of person too. She and I are the exact same way in this. We we kind of grow a little bit weary of a life after about five or ten years mm -hmm. and we decide together to change it we tend to we tend to do it very dramatically we tend to dissolve away completely what one life and then just grab a couple of suitcases and go start a whole new life and we probably got that about one or two of those left and it sounds like you're ready for another one <laughs> yeah and um, you know I've uh, you know with uh, with my girlfriend now she's she's never really she's left Japan at least once and this was just in the past you know few months so mm -hmm. um, and she's not a, ever opposed to leaving Japan she's just um, she's hasn't had the opportunity to do so yet so um, working on that we'll, we'll see how we'll see how that goes you know that's, but, yeah that's the challenge I've, 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 I've never really known anybody who's regretted that even if it didn't turn out so well um, and I've known some people who admit you know, those episodes are not so well. But by gosh, you looked in, looked at in hindsight, decades later, you tend to you tend to have so many fascinating, interesting stories to tell, and oh, yeah. and your life seems to be so rich and filled. And and you know what? You can't. You don't get that chance again. You know. My regrets. I would rather have regrets on things that I've decided to do and gone through with, and then regret it, than regret not doing it in the first place. Can I? Can I? Can I just? Just taking a, a momentary aside, and I want to share with you, um, if you don't mind, uh, my experience of over 10 years in Japan as a content creator, getting contact by people abroad asking me these very questions. These very questions. Sure, and, sure, yeah. Go ahead. Thank, this this thank is you. exactly what I'd like to hear as well. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. So the the book that I wrote, Going Alone, has a chapter in it called The Path of Wildness, and I actually wrote The Path of Wildness that chapter in Japan in response to over a decade of having 
young twenty-somethings, typically young men in their in their in their early to mid twenties, writing to me or contacting me online to say to say, how did you do this? Because what they would see, they would see my videos. They would see me living in Japan. I had a Japanese wife and a Japanese daughter. I had a car and I was traveling in the mountains. And clearly, I had a job and I was making all these adventure videos. And they wanted something like that. They had this urge that. They wanted more than whatever they were living in, 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 in you know, Middletown America, Middletown Canada, wherever they were. They said they wanted more, right? They were part of our tribe, you know, you and me, because you're one of us as well, right? right? Right. This this lust that you feel, and they were writing to say, how do you do this? And I began after a couple of years, I started to notice a pattern, and the pattern was this: I would respond, and I would say, well, I kind of did this first, I did this, then I did that, and then I did this, and then I went for it. And I would get two types of responses back. The first response would typically be, and this is far by far the more common one. People would respond back and then say, "Well, I could never do that um, because I've got this responsibility. My mom would never like that. I mean, how could I? What would I do about school? What about my career? Oh my gosh, where the heck would I live? What would I do about my visa? I don't have a passport. A long laundry list. I could almost enumerate them. There were about ten things that." People would always say to me, this, "These are the reasons why I could never, possibly, ever, ever, ever do any of this stuff in my life." Yes. Although they want, they, although they wanted to do it, mm -hmm. I would, I would keep up that correspondence about three or four back and forths of me saying, "Well, have you considered this? Maybe you could go and get a passport." And we, oh no, I don't have the time. All right, you know, I don't even know where to be. start to get that. Eventually, they would disappear. I would never hear from them again. Right? I assume that they didn't do it. I assume that they basically went back to whatever life in Middletown America or Middletown Canada was laid out for them. Whatever that safe track was and this momentary dream that they had, they've given up on it. And I felt that that was a sad thing because I feel that 20 or 30 years down the road, they're likely to have some serious regrets because, as you just said, you know, it's the things that you uh, that you didn't, the risks that you didn't take, are typically the ones that you mull on later in life. But um, now contrast that with the other side. Every so often, and I can probably count on one hand the number of times that this happened, one of those persons I would say, well, I did this, and then I did that, and then the other thing, and then I went for it. And the other person would respond back, and they would say, I booked my tickets for July next year. Uh -huh. I would, yeah. I'd, be like, I'd be like, what? I said, I said, wait, 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 you booked your tickets? And I would write back, have, have you got a passport? Oh, I guess I better, and they would write back, oh, I guess I better, better get that together, too, right? <laughs> And what would begin? That's awesome. Begin, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it, it was a great experience. What would begin is a long relationship. I'm still in contact with these people. In fact, I'm going to read you in just a second an email that I got from one um, this week. Okay, sure. not yeah. not an email. It's just a t it's just a text message. What would begin is a long dialogue, and I'm still in touch with these people this today. A long dialogue with these people as their adventure began, and they would start telling me the story of their unfold of their unfolding events, mm -hmm. and. They did it. They did it. Now, I'm gonna, now here, I just got to read this to you real quick. Um, here it is right here. I got this text on I got this text on Wednesday from one of those young men who started this process. He started this. I won't give his name out. He started this process. Gosh, it's been seven years. He's in Japan. He's like you. He's in Japan now. He finished college and, and did it. He said, he text, sent me this text message. He says he was hiking. He said, I got on lost on the trail for three hours, couldn't see the sun, got washed down the river, almost fell down the waterfall, lost my flashlight, and had to climb down ropes and chains with low light and pitch black. I was wearing a smartwatch, so I set the screen to bright and made it back. That was quite an adventure. Of course I was scared, but I was not panicking. 
I was only thinking of survival. I almost stopped to make a shelter and fire, but I had work the next day. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, he's he's more worried about his work than he is, you know, surviving almost, you know. But let me just add a little bit to to this. Yeah. In these stories of these young people and it's young men and women both, but mostly young men. Yeah. Um. The, these things don't always work out for them. Some of them go to Japan and it didn't turn out so good. Mm -hmm. It really was hard. And so they've gone back and forth and they've gone. But I, to a man and a woman, I know that they are stronger, uh, more, more competent, and more interesting individuals for it. And when, if we can fast forward one or two decades when they're my age, they're going to be looking back to, with lots of interesting stories to tell, a rich, fascinating life to, to, to share and a great example to their own children about how to live their dreams that they that come to mind and not just put them aside because they don't have a passport and their mom wouldn't like what they're doing what about their career who am I gonna marry and what and all of these things right right and you know for me that that was uh, making that decision I, I don't regret anything that I've done in terms of making the the decision to move here but life sure as hell threw me some curveballs at the exact moment that I was going going to come here I'd already booked my my flight I had my job secured I had the passport I had everything in check one month one month before I moved over here um, my my stepfather suddenly passed away and it mm. threw like you know my mother was devastated and she, I, I, I wanted to be there for her, but I, I had all this, you know, I had my future ahead of me and I, I had a really, really tough month before I came. And, um, at that, at that funeral, at my stepfather's funeral, my, my grandfather, her, her father pulled me aside and just said, don't worry, we'll take care of her. You do what you have to do. And I took his advice, and I did it. And less than less than a year later, he had passed as well. Wow. Yeah. And while I was here, and the fact that both of them had passed in less than a year, and I was gone, I my mother went through probably the worst time of her entire life, and. I, part of me felt like I was kind of abandoning abandoning her, but at the same time, I knew that I knew she was a strong woman at the same time, you know, and I knew she would get through it. But uh, I didn't, I, I didn't go back immediately, you know, and uh, it, it was it was a tough tough time. But I think um, for both of us, we we both became sort of stronger because for me, I was just finding myself. I was, I was young. I was, you know, 23, 24 years old at the time. And I was just experiencing life on my own in a completely new country without knowing anything about it for the first time ever. And, and she was dealing with that. So we both had some pretty strong, um, uh, you know, life experiences during that time period, you know? So, but don't, don't you think that this, this experience kind of will, if, if we just look at look at it for what it has done for you, it will give you a type of empathy and a caring and an understanding when others are are suffering with difficult life choices and decisions that that will be more genuine and sincere than if you hadn't had this experience. Um, yes. Of course, that's discounting 
how your mother's experience, and I don't want to do that, right? That was obviously very hard for her and very hard for you as well. Hmm. But in the in the in the big picture, you are probably going to be able to pay this forward in a way because you will be able to be more genuinely there for people and at least an understanding who are facing similar challenges in the future. And I, I expect that your mom, if she raised you as she did, to have the courage to be able to do this, would have wanted you to, to would want you to do this uh, as well. And a lot of it's probably your own your own sense of guilt that may may or may not be shared by her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we we've had long discussions over it over the years and we've we've come we've we've made peace with it all at this point it, it's taken a while but uh it, it was you know there were some rough years there and she she came to japan to try and understand why i i did this and for the wow. longest time she could not understand it because she she was just used to at least from my perspective she was just used she was content with being in the small town that she's in and, and just living that life and, and she couldn't understand why I would just in her mind just throw everything away and, and, and leave and come here and um, I think now though uh, after growing both both of us growing and, and, and talking and having long conversations we both sort of both understand each other in that respect so it's it's actually kind of it it, it kind of separated us for for a bit but it it's kind of brought us extremely more closer together than than before so i'm glad i'm glad yeah. to hear that i'm sorry i'm sorry for the loss and the challenge that that put both you and your mom through i'm glad that you have both been able to reconcile that over time yeah yeah and uh it's like i said it's a i, I don't regret any any decision that i've made um since being here it, it's been tough it's been very tough, but you know, um, as you said, it's you look back, and I, I have a very similar philosophy of life that you do. That you know, your life's like a book, and you have different chapters in it, and you, you gotta you gotta write that story. You know. Yes, definitely. So, um, I I wanted to kind of ask you a bit. So you you've raised your your daughter was born in Japan or was she born in the States? She was born here in here in the United States in, okay. in, in okay. Los Angeles area. But but she was raised for the most part in her younger years because it's it's documented on your channel. Um, you know, she spent what the first um, thirteen years? She she we moved to Japan when she was three and okay. she left when she was fourteen. Okay. So she, she spent a good chunk of her life already, yeah. you know, in Japan. So Japan, Japan is Japan has her first culture and her first language and her first home. Right, right. So her, as you said, her heart is Japanese. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And now, um, so, how long has it been now since your wife and your daughter have moved to America with you? Because that took that was there was a bit of a transition a time where you guys were separated. Correct. Yeah, 14 months between when I arrived after I found a position here, a job here, and then 14 months for my wife to get her green card so that she could join us. My daughter, of course, is a dual citizenship, so she could come anytime. Right. Um, Emily and Yumiko have been have been here with me now for three and a half years, and em Emily's at a point now where she's at a, um, she's she's certainly not Americanized. She is certainly not a 100% an American, but. He, from all appearances, she would appear to be, but there is still a Japanese girl peeking out through an Amer through an American's eyes at this point. Yeah. And but she likes it. she likes it here. 
so she's doing just fine. But I can I don't think she'll ever. I, I often wondered if bringing her over at the age that we did, which was uh, I think just fourteen. I wondered if she would become fully American and lose her Japanese-ness. And I think that the, the, the question is she will always be, remember like those Russian dolls that stack one on another? Yeah. The innermost doll will be a Japanese young woman. And then if the doll outside of that is the American, the American veneer over the top of that. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, to me, that embodies sort of the best qualities of both cultures. You know the, the the Japanese heart, the American spirit, yeah. and uh, I I think the um, it, it's kind of funny you term it as a project um, because for her it's it's her life, but um, you're right it, it is sort of a project in a way, and that uh, yeah. it it's good that she's turned out how she has because you know she's she's had the best of both worlds I I, I think you know. You know, I love, I love, Americans are wonderful people, and we have, and I'm not, I'm not leading up to a but, but, I'm not leading up to that. <laughs> right. However, they really are, Americans really are wonderful people, I love our, our enthusiasm, and our, and our exuberance, and our, and our almost youthful vibrancy of life, and just, I mean, there are days that I'm here, and I'm, I'm just like, wow, it's so good to be back, and the enthusiasm, and the energy, and just, just like yesterday, I went to a coffee shop, okay, I mean, I went to the coffee shop, it was a Panera bread, and I ordered a medium cup of coffee, and the man gave me this enormous cup, and, and I said, oh, that's, that's a medium, that's way too big, I'll take a small, and he says, he says, no, man, he just, I just wanted you to have a large, and I, <laughs> I don't, he was just charging me for a medium, right? Yeah, and he, yeah. he just he just wanted me to really have a nice cup of coffee, and a, yeah. he was just giving me a cup of coffee, just yep. you know. And I was like, I just love this thing about this, right? And mm. and so I love that my daughter now has that. That's coming out. It's a little bit sh- kind of shocking to my wife to watch that sometimes. She's like, wow, she's she's really behaving like American. But then it's also for me, I can see almost in stealth mode. The little Japanese girl, you know, within her, right? That comes through the little Japanese things that come through. You know what I'm talking about with yeah. the way the Japanese mannerisms, their mm-hmm. their their attention to the very subtlest little details, oh, yeah. the, the 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 minute concern for the feelings and welfare of others that are part of their family, and the way that they will they will they will put themselves behind everybody else in most in very subtle ways, right? So. I see these two things in play, not, and there's no negatives in any of this. It's just two different types of world with two different types of things, right. and I see that that alive in my daughter in both of them, and it makes it all worthwhile. All yeah, I lost, I'm, you know, I don't know, I won't go on and on, but I lost a lot going to Japan. I lost everything. I lost a, you know, I made a video. I lost a million dollars. I lost everything that I had. I lost uh, my uh, my career. Basically, I'm still struggling to regain my career. That I would be, a, I'd probably be in a management role at this point in my life. So, I'm, I'd, I'd gladly pay all that again. I'd, I'd do it all again, double, yeah. just to see those two things operating and alive in my daughter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, you you definitely made the right choice. Um, that's a, uh, you know. Financial security and and a cushy management position aside, that's very superficial compared to the value you get from seeing your daughter grow as she has. You know, so 
And you know what? And uh, again, forgive me for going on and on about myself. That's a very not not a very Japanese thing. <laughs> so, but there are times at work when there's a lot of things that are going on that are stressful and that are difficult and challenging, and the days can drone on and on and on. You know, like just they do for all of us, right? It just drones on and on and on. It's just like grinding you down. The the, the grind, right? Yeah. And. I almost feel in a way kind of immune to, to the deep, it can't touch me deep inside hmm. because I feel like I've already hit the jackpot in life in the adventures that I've had in 54 years and the experiences of living in Japan, of, of wandering in the mountains, of, 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 of knowing strange and different ways, of coming back to America and exploring the desert. I, like, I could check out right now and that's okay. I, I, the, 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 the punchline has already been made. The, 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 the joke has been told. I've, the, the, the laughter is beginning to die down. It's, it's time for the, the it's time for the, sh the show can end any time. Because right. so, sometimes, if I didn't have that feeling, like I've lived that rich, satisfying, adventurous life with my partner, with my wife, and my daughter, I would feel like that grind of work is like dis a distraction from the reward that has yet to come. Hmm. And I'm not wait I'm not waiting for that reward anymore. I've already got it. So so grind away, grind away to the for the next ten years. You can't you can't get me because ten because I can go out check out in a moment's notice. And I'm sorry, I'm sounding like I'm being rather self congratulatory. I don't mean to be that way at all. If if the reason that I'm saying this is that I'm trying to put a point on the fact that there's something to be said for living your dreams early in life rather than po postponing them for later yes. because later may never come. Yeah, yeah, and I'm. I feel very lucky that I've. You know, I, I've certainly had opportunities that I've turned down because I was too afraid. Um, but I still feel, you know, that I'm as young as I am. That I've been able to do the things that I've done, uh, because if I waited to do it later, I might not have ever done it because you know I'd, I'd have all these responsibilities that I don't have now to take care of and it'd be much more difficult to do the things I want to do then as opposed to now which I don't have so many responsibilities so it's like I have no excuse not to do these things you know and, and you know what I'll say the man that you will be because a lot of the man you will be for three or four decades from now is not the man you will be anymore. Mm. You, if you, if you postpone, you'll probably find yourself to be a more. You won't be as, as courageous or adventurous. This is my friend. I just read that email. Right. You won't be. You won't be able to do that kind of stuff. You hmm. probably wouldn't sur survive that stuff then, right. right? And so you'll probably find that this is your only chance to do to live that as adventures the way you want to. Um, when if you wait too long, that man will be gone, and that opportunity will be passed as well. Right, right, and that's uh, it, like I said. It's uh, a lot of these things. I've, I, I feel like I've always had these sort of th thoughts in my head. It's just I, I encounter them in the real world of like ah, I, I know what that is, but someone's finally articulated it, and I've, and I get it. You know, um, one thing with the, I, you know, the, I, I learned about this book long after I'd, I'd come here, and, and actually. Uh, put into practice a lot of of what the book talks about but um, have you heard of the book Vagabonding by no. Ralph Potts uh, basically 
his his attitude towards traveling is have no plan just just go somewhere and just just experience it in the moment because uh, you know to kind of just break it down very very simply it's you know if you don't have a plan you'll never be disappointed with the results that you get if you've if you've you know um, very meticulously planned something out in detail if something very minuscule doesn't go according to your plan you'll be upset and you'll be focused on that and you won't have a good time so just I like that yeah and um, actually before I even heard about the book I that's that's how I I approach travel you know I, I never yeah. liked planning everything down to the minute details because for me I always got frustrated if it, things didn't go to that plan yeah. So, so I just thought, well, if I don't, if I don't make a plan, I'll never be disappointed. You know. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, everything you say, everything res- rings true with me as well. I feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that trip I took uh, last year to uh, to Colorado. I, you know, I've, I've harped on this so many times to people, and they're probably sick of me telling this, but it, it was it was so awesome to do that to, that trip because I didn't plan anything. All I did was I. The only thing I planned was the very first hotel that I stayed at once I got off the plane in Denver, uh, and after that I didn't even know if I was going to stay in a hotel. I had a, a a car that I rented, and at first I was extremely disappointed. And the only option I could get was this like huge cargo van with no with like two bucket seats in the front and then nothing in the back. And then I thought hold on a minute if I can't find a place to sleep I can sleep in the I, I have all the it's like a mini room right in the back of that van you know like yeah. I, I, I have my own traveling room with me so that that turned out to be one of the best options honestly I love it I love it yeah. I love the way you think yeah and uh, I just and every morning I'd wake up and I'd just open the map and I'd say okay where in this state do I want to travel to next I'd pick a spot and I'd drive there and just see what what the day had in store for me, you know. So. That's a beautiful thing. And look where look where it wound up. You wound up you wound up in Japan, mm-hmm. you know, having adventures and meeting new people and experiences and challenges and getting and maybe in some ways and maybe some ways you and your mom have actually gone to know each other and get closer in ways that you may not have done otherwise. I I completely agree with that. I I definitely think that we've been able to connect in a way that we we wouldn't have if I just stayed back at home yeah and you know what you know what and this is gonna sound a little strange but just coming across the screen Hmm. there's there's kind of a there's there's kind of a a subtle piece that I can I can kind of see in your eyes that that I think is a consequence of that as well of that whole that whole frame of mind that whole willingness to take chances to 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 realize your dreams your your and to and to not avoid the consequences but to deal with the consequences and recognize that there are costs and benefits not just benefits right. that all that all, I can see that all in your face yeah and I, I yeah. think you I think that um, I think you're on you're on a very good course uh, I I like to think so, and um, yeah. you know I I thank you for for just being a sort of um, you know the videos really helped me years ago when I was going through a lot of finding finding myself out in my early to mid twenties you know I thought you know this guy's 
just figuring it out as he goes along too you know like we're, we're, we're all we're always learning you know i'm sure you you're learning something new every day as well oh, yeah. and yeah. uh it, it just never ends and that that's actually the approach that i took with learning japanese was when i first got here was you know i knew no, no japanese at all i just knew the food names pr pretty mm -hmm. much and um the approach i took was i know i'll never be a hundred percent native level because I didn't grow up here, but at the same time, I'm still learning things in my own language. So, I'll it's it'll be a constant learning experience. So, I didn't put that stress on myself to have like an end goal with learning Japanese. It was just sort of learn what I can and just enjoy it. And what that did was it motivated me to just incorporate it a little bit into my life every day and. You know, I, I'm now able to, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not 100% fluent, but I'm, I'm able to, you know, do contract negotiations for like my apartment. I'm able to, I'm able to, to do everything I could in my wow. native language with it. I make mistakes, but at least I get my point across and, and people understand that, you know, so... To me, that's a win, wow. you know. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm so impressed, and I'm so I'm, I'm if it doesn't sound if it doesn't sound uh, patronizing, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I mean, and and it wasn't a fish to, to get a compliment. I, I thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it was just that's just my attitude towards everything towards learning in life now is just don't stress about the end result. Just enjoy the journey you know yeah and, and I didn't mean and I didn't mean that to be a, a compliment you know that just that kind of social back and forth yeah. I genuinely mean that I mean, I mean it sounds like proud of you sounds like you know uh, kind of strange but but like I said I, I've had so many experiences with people who have told me their dream and so few of them who have fallen through on it and even though you and I didn't have that early back and forth you are you are one of those who face that same crossroads. Mm -hmm. You know the crossroads, and you know they, as the old adage goes, you know, and I, I took the one less traveled, right, and it mm -hmm. made all the difference. And look at you, you've done it, you've done it, Jay, and yeah. and, and you're still doing it. You're still you're still a relatively young man. Well, I'd like to think so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, but I, to me, it's just it's exciting that um, there's still much. Hopefully, there's still much more that I can I can experience. So. Um, I, uh, I, don't I, I, I don't think you. I don't think you can go back now. The only, the only concern that I would have, and again, I'm sorry to make it sound, to sound like I'm, I'm speaking from experience necessarily, but the only concern I would have, at, at, at your, for a man in your situation in this state, is two things. One, in coming back to a place like this where people won't understand this, hmm. and they'll, they'll, they won't under. I've encountered a lot of people who don't. They don't understand the, the the decisions that I've made in the past, and it look like they look like kind of like you what your mom was saying. It's like why why would you just why would you give up the settled, the same, the secure? Like I live in an apartment still. All my all my coworkers have houses. They're halfway through their mortgages, and they all look at me like why the hell are you living in an apartment, Kurt? Right? And, I'm, and it's hard for me to say. Well, you know, I kind of made some mistakes as a result of some risks that I took, but you know. It was all worthwhile, but I don't say that last part. It just that you know, I just say yeah, I just you know that's the case. And the other the other part is, the other part of that risk is, you you may butt up against some pretty like I have in the desert, some pretty scary stuff out there hmm. that will 
and it will like the desert did to me and it continues to do to me it might rock me to my core but you know what I wouldn't trade that for anything that's the best part yet right, right. yeah it's like uh, it's like the Nietzsche quote you know about looking into the abyss you know yes yeah. yes 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 exactly actually it's funny because I wrote it I wrote a new my book has like two or three layers of warnings at the front yeah. <laughs> And I had lunch with a friend of mine who actually understands this stuff this week, and she was saying, "Kurt, you need to know. You need to put another warning on your book." Because <laughs> she read the book, and I said, "I said why?" Because she said she was telling me there are people that will read this and will made to spare of life and and commit suicide because and that's because what I'm offering them in the book is a universe without meaning. Hmm. And if they're already pre predisposed to be depressed or unhappy or feel like they don't have a purpose, and here's this guy coming on with a book that's saying, yeah, actually, you're right, the universe doesn't have any meaning for you. But the funny thing is the punchline in the book is that it's possible for us to create a life with meaning on our own. Exactly, yeah. And, and if they don't get to that point in the book, then they'll just give up. And <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I'm so glad that you're writing this book because you know that that going alone title is is perfect because I've always felt even when I was back before I had even made the decision to move away from from my culture and everything I, I always felt different and and I even in a crowd I felt alone you know mm. and and even now even looking from the outside looking in I've seen how America has changed in 10 years and it it to me it, I I it's like watching a reality TV show unfold before my eyes of how mm. what America has turned into and I, I don't want to get into politics at all but it's just it's so weird I, I feel more outside than I than I have ever before but at the same time I'm the most comfortable with that feeling than I ever have been before you know interesting interesting yeah, yeah and, I, and, I, and I think I can understand why you are because you wouldn't be where you were right now if you if you didn't have the capacity to to withstand that solitude yeah yeah exactly yeah. and yeah. You know, I've, I've come to peace with the fact that I'll I'll always be outside of of the norm and I'm happy I embrace it now I, I enjoy not being and it it, it sounds sort of I I know saying that it, to people who who live their their daily life in I guess a quote unquote normal way, it sounds a little bit like um, disparaging that, and I'm that's not where I try to come across at all. You know, um, I, I actually kind of envy people uh, that 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 choose to live a simple life sometimes because it's it's a lot more carefree. I mean, you do, you don't. I, I don't know from personal experience, but the demons they face, they still, everyone faces demons, but the demons they face to me seem different than the demons that I face. And, um, yeah, you know what you I mean? And I, I, again, I there's no way to say that without making it sound like I know, I know you and, and I don't you, mean you, to do that, you know? You can't get away from it. Yeah. You can't get away from it because it makes it sound like people who do the kind of stuff that we do as almost like philosopher poets going out and tackling the great challenges of of the, of the of the mental of the mental world and it's not that at all it's a matter of interest i mean like i said before my wife is one of the most intelligent sagacious people i've ever known she just doesn't give a damn about any of this stuff yeah. 
and she just would rather she would just rather abide the standard stock normal things of life so that she can spend her time doing the stuff that she likes which is playing her games and 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 going out and shopping and looking at clothes online which to me seems kind of a kind of surface level stuff you know again but 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 to her, that's what interests her. That's how she wants to spend her life. Right. That doesn't that doesn't mean that she doesn't periodically turn to me and answer a query that I've been working on for two weeks with a simple statement that I couldn't have possibly come up with because she's so damn smart. <laughs> it's just that's what's just that's what she's interested. In. So it's not a value judgment. It's just a where where's your focus? And I like you. I kind of envy the folks that that like that. But at the same time, that's just their own that's their own way of doing it. It's not any better, greater, better or less. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I've uh, I completely agree with that. And I, I know you're um, you're 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 short on time. You have you have a nice Sunday ahead of you. But I do. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I um, there's I I feel like we could just go on for countless hours just discussing these sort of things. But uh, I I know I you value your time as well. So I'd like to uh, just ask you one thing. Is sure. what what has been the the most challenging aspect? And I know that's probably a super loaded question, but with uh, the transition between going to Japan and back, what what has been the most challenging aspect of that? Uh, career. Hmm. Career finding finding my footing in my old career because I was on a career track that I took it in I work in the IT industry I'm a project manager and I took a 10-year break from IT to go to Japan and as you know IT is moves one year is like dog years right I mean it, it completely changes and it's taken me I've been I've been back for almost five years and I am just now catching up with where I should have been so it's been one humiliating, uh, embarrassing, challenging month after another for five years, rec- realizing just how far be- behind I am professionally and working to catch up. <laughs> C- career, but definitely has been the hardest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's an aspect of it that uh, that can definitely be quite a challenge. So, if you. I, I usually ask this of, of all the guests if 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 they can give one last bit of advice or or not even advice but just some some sort of um, saying that they'd like to to tell the audience to do so. But I I feel I don't know with you. There's so many things that you could probably say, and it wouldn't wouldn't be even the tip of the iceberg. But uh, oh, I can, I'll, I'll finish with the last line in my in my book, which okay. is it's a, a, be safe, but not too safe. There you go. Great. And to finish off, that that's actually, that's more profound. It's such a simple statement, but it's very profound. So um, I, I encourage everyone to read your book, Going Alone. Uh, it's on Amazon, correct? That's right. Yeah. So I'll leave it to you to, to plug your book and your uh, your YouTube channel and website, whatever you, right. you want to do. So Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, sure. So uh, thank you, Shay. Um, so actually, I have a copy here. Here's... Here's, this is the book, Going Alone, mm-hmm. uh, by yours truly. And uh, it is, uh, I still can't get over the fact that, you know, it's, it's like, like surreal, because like, I never thought yeah. I'd write a book. 
So pa- and, paper bag, it's real. You know, it's tangible. Yeah, it's a it's a real thing. It's yeah. it's amazing. Technology is that way. So uh, so um, but uh, this is a result of uh, five years worth of effort between Japan and America to try and uh, capture the experience of of Japan in terms of less, the aforementioned experience of of facing down the what the life that you want to live and making the choice to live that life or not. And then, furthermore, the what I encountered here in America that I call the great indifference, the thing that I, I or the thing that I did not encounter because it's an emptiness out in the desert, and basically how to how to face that down and um, choose to build a life uh, of meaning in a universe that apparently has no appar- uh, apparent meaning. Uh, that's what the book's all about. Um, it's available on Amazon. I will have a website that is going to be going live for the book uh, probably within the month. And I'm going to be uh, uh, doing various things. I'm having blogs out there as well. But uh, yeah, check it out if you like. Uh, I'd appreciate it. It may not be for everybody. Uh, I'm sure my wife wouldn't have any interest in it at all. At all. And she, but she'd probably be if she chose to get to read it, she'd probably be able to give me all kinds of tips and tricks and pointers to make it better. <laughs> right, right. And of course, you have, you know, a hundred thousand different YouTube channels. But your main channel yeah. is soft. Softy Papa, right? Softy Papa, but don't go there looking for Japan, because uh, I don't make it. Uh, you, you can look through the archives. I've got lots of, uh, but now all I'm making is really some weird motorcycle riding videos, talking in the helmet. It's it's nothing. It's nothing like it used to be. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what what's so to me is so cool about that channel is you know it's it's like the it's like a book in itself. It's different chapters. You have your Japan chapters. Now you have your your um, your California. Uh, well, I, de- I, de- you know. I decided no more, no more channels. It's all just one channel. All just one so channel. Wh- okay. Whatever, wherever my interest or my life takes me, all the videos for that are going to go on that channel. So if you signed up for Japan, I apologize if you're not getting that anymore. And if you signed up, if you signed up for motorcycle adventures, I'm sorry if I change and do something different in the future. <laughs> right, right. But I do encourage everyone to, to search for the uh, my Suzume Bachi. Uh, video that yeah. that that actually went viral, right? So it's uh, it did. That was yeah. that was a drunken. I was actually drinking at home, and I had a dead Suzume bachi, and and I, did, I just took some photos from my friends and wound up with a viral video. So. Well, there you go. That, so that that that's good motivation for anyone, really. Is just hey, you know, yeah. if, if uh, this this sort of video can go viral, then have at it, you know. So that's right, Kurt. Thank you so much for for coming on. Uh, like I said, I think. We could we could talk for hours, but your time is valuable as well. Um, thank of you. course it is. So um, you too. Yeah. Yours is too. Yeah. Thank you so you need much. To get to, you need to get to bed. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll speak in the future as well. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be happy to join you anytime, Shay. Okay. Thanks, Kurt. Bye bye. Bye.